0: is happening this is your man L Jamal Coming through with yet another edition of Never Out of Bounds. Of course, this is a place we can say what you want as long as you got them facts. We have a lot to go over today in the sports world. We're going to be going over the conference finals in the NBA. We also got some MLB updates to go over. Uh, just to look at the uh, rankings right now, the standings there right now, and some of the teams that have clinched the playoff spot. Uh, we're also going to, going to be going over the NFL as well. Going to be previewing tonight's uh, action. Uh, we're going to be yeah previewing tonight's game. Also going over. Some news there. Also, some college football as well. We're going to be going over some news there, and also the rankings, the top twenty-five there as well. I have some issues with that, so we're going to get to them when I get to that. So let's get into the main thing uh, first and foremost: Eastern Conference Finals game. Uh, was it game? Actually, game four last night. Um, you know the, the the Heat get this one. Uh, they lead the series now three to one. Final score here one twelve to one oh nine. You already know the theme of today. Tyler, motherfucking hero. That is the story of the game. 37 points, six rebounds, three assists. Of course, he is a leading scorer between both teams. Uh, with Jason Tatum getting 28 points, nine rebounds, and four assists for the Celtics. Um, we'll get into uh, Tyler in just a second. Uh, let's break down some some more of the scoring, starting with the Celtics. Uh, Jalen Brown would also get 21 points, nine rebounds, and two assists. And Kemba Walker would help out with 20 points, five assists, and four rebounds. Of course, for the Heat, you uh, he also got some help uh, from Bam Adebayo. He would have 20 points, 12 rebounds, 4 assists. Goran Dragic, 22 points, 5 rebounds, and 3 assists. And Jimmy Butler would have 24 points, 9 rebounds, and 3 assists. And again, like I said, the story of the game, as you all know, is Tyler motherfucking hero i need a hero 37.6 rebounds three assists who is the man tyler hero well for one he is from beer city aka milwaukee wisconsin he did go to kentucky for a year he averaged just 14 points four rebounds and two uh, just over two assists which is crazy i have to see how he exploded in a very crucial game in the playoffs like this his college high was 29 points but he would tie that and eventually rate that. He would eventually get 30 points, I believe it was, this season as well. Um, could even now I don't want to uh, take a chance to say it's a bubble and be wrong, but it, it was at some point this season, I think, before the bubble, before the lockdown and everything. But again, uh, his career high now stands at 37 points. Here we are. He's technically a rookie doing his thing, balling out. I love it. You got to love it. Um, again, it just seems that the Heat seemed to have an answer for everything Boston throws at them. Uh, of course, uh, Boston was able to take was a game three. Now you got, you know, uh, and actually keeping this game, this last game, um, you know, pretty cont- pretty close last night as well coming through actually I believe they were the leading scorer if not in the third quarter then in the fourth quarter uh, they were leading in scoring at least or they yeah they had led in scoring in that quarter so uh, Boston definitely made it close but it just seems to me that Eric Spolstra just has an answer for everything that they got coming at him definitely believe he is uh, one of the most underrated coaches in the league and he just seems to I mean and again not only just that but um, you can see that it's indicative because you know, again, you have people like Tyler Hero stepping up. You have people, you know, that you wouldn't think of in these different games. Um, not even just him, but Duncan Robinson in another game just stepping up. But, but of course, uh, this big game uh, last night is just indicative of what this, this team kind of build up, you know, and makes, and it just produces. So, I definitely think Miami is a dangerous team. If I'm the Lakers or the Nuggets coming out of the Western Conference, uh, this is not going to be a cakewalk, particularly for either one of them. Uh, So, you know, I I definitely, like I said, I'm riding with the heat. I I feel the heat are closing this one out pretty soon. Um, I feel like I'm right here. You know the Western Conference—that's a whole different story. Although uh, the the Nuggets were able to get themselves back into that one, uh, they were able to get a win in Game Three, uh, 114 to 106, of course, over the Lakers. The Lakers uh, still lead the series two to one. Uh, for the Lakers, in terms of scoring, they were led by uh, LeBron James, of course, 30 points, 11 assists, and 10 rebounds. Anthony Davis would have 27 points of his own. Jamal Murray was the leading scorer in on this one, 28 points and 12 assists, uh, also adding eight rebounds. To that, they also get a really crazy performance from Jeremy Grant. I haven't I haven't seen this just yet, but 26 points from him, and also Nikola Jokic, of course, doing his uh, thug thizzle with a double double, 22 points and 10 rebounds from him. A couple takeaways from this game, um, just uh. Both teams shot over fifty percent, so both teams were really itching offensively to get it done, making their shots, converting. Um, also getting those offensive rebounds when you know the time presented itself. Uh, the Nuggets would actually lead on the boards, forty-four to twenty-five. So again, that's something that they weren't able to do in the pat in the previous games, and they were able to finally control the, uh, the boards. They didn't have too many turnovers uh, in this one as well. Uh, but both teams passed the ball as passed the ball pretty well. Um with over 50 team assists between both the teams. So both teams passing the ball pretty well. Uh, the Lakers, however, did score 64 points in the paint. We know he's pretty much doing all that. Uh, that would pretty much, that doesn't surprise me. Uh, but again, 2-1, uh, to one, uh, I think the Nuggets do have some type of uh, fight left in them. We'll have to see how Game 4 goes, uh, if they can tie it up. If they are able to tie the series up, I definitely uh, think they have a better shot. Um, but uh, can they pull off an upset? you know you never know um i think at certain points the nba does kind of show you that oh, i'm not gonna go i'm not gonna be cynical today nope i'm not gonna be too cynical but i'm definitely rooting for the nuggets to win this one uh so uh, let's move on uh let's get into some nfl action again let's preview week uh three we got coming up uh starting off with thursday night football and we got the dolphins and the jags the dolphins coming in this one zero and two Uh, The Jags coming to this one at 500-1-1 You asked me who's the winner going to be I'm going to tell you off the top Not the fans Nobody wants to see this one No, I'm just joking if you're a Dolphins fan, that's all good. If you're a Jags fan, that's all good. Uh, a couple notes going into this one: defensive back Byron Jones for the Dolphins, uh, their big free agent acquisition, will be out this week with a growing injury. Uh, the Jags, also a little note about them: they're coming into this with the worst passing, well, the third worst passing defense uh, in the league. So again, and and this is this is the word on the street. The word on the street is that the Jags are looking to taint this year. With that being said, the Dolphins aren't looking super hot either, obviously, so this can obviously go either way. Um, I think if, you know, if things were to come together for both teams um, and, you know, they are able to salvage something, maybe possibly win six or six or seven games, uh, especially with a team like the Dolphins who have spent so much money on their defense and trying to get better in the first place, I think they kind of relook at their situation and kind of say, okay you know well we can we can obviously make it work let's uh maybe bring in some pieces that can keep us winning and keep the winning continued especially with the dolphins who already made uh those free agent acquisitions for the for the jags um again i think the word i think you know the word of them trying to tank comes from the of course trading off their stars uh, uh, recently they let go of ngakwe one of their star defensive linemen uh the star defensive lineman uh so yannick ngakwe uh so again um for this one, it could go probably either way. Of course, you have Gardner Minshew who's becoming a more developed passer, a better quarterback. I'm not too sure if any team. Well, actually, Miami does uh, come into this one with a better running game on paper, uh, with Jordan Howard, so you, one of the best short yardage backs um, in in the league so you got that going for them so both teams have their positive the dolphins do like i said have somewhat of a defense uh the Jags do have a knock with their passing defense although uh their running defense is somewhat stopped so you have a couple things to go to think about here uh it could go either way i don't really have a pick in this one because they're in my opinion despite um the dolphins being winless i figure they're all even they're both kind of evenly matched believe it or not so this one i'm gonna leave this one i will call this one a push i'll just wait for this one to play itself out Uh, For the news, uh, we already know about the big news, uh, especially coming from L.A. uh, The Chargers did Tyrod very dirty. Uh, The team doctors accidentally punctured uh, his lung right before kickoff versus the Chiefs while trying to inject him with a pain medicine into his cracked ribs. Now, um, it's just the reason why I just reacted like this is because it's like they did him dirty is because you hear so many horror stories. About black people in the medical environment and with doctors and how they misdiagnose this or they improperly do that. And it's just so easy to say, damn, that's just fucked up. And it's just always a case, you know, where, you know, he's in a situation where he could be a starting quarterback, but they already drafted, you know, this white quarterback. And not even saying a, a white quarterback in general, but just a quarterback, you know, like, the, I don't want to make it like that, but it's always a case when they bring him in, they've already drafted another quarterback, so it's like, he's just basically here just to keep the seat warm for that that new quarterback anyways, and the minute he struggles or the minute something happens, he's, you know, relegated to whatever, you know, and uh head coach Anthony Lynn said that it, the injury is not career-ending, although... Uh he is on an indefinite timetable of when his return can be. So there is no rush. Uh but it's apparently his career is not over. Uh Tyrod Tyrod would originally suffer his cracked ribs in the week one matchup to Cincinnati. Uh he would finish that game but and he wouldn't even have an initial MRI until the next week. So again, I don't know if that's on his accord, if that or if that's on the charter saying, Look, you're okay, you played through the game, you should be okay. I don't know who's to to, to get at for that. He should have been at an MRI. We should have been on what was going on with him. The fact that they didn't rush that. The fact that they didn't really take that due diligence, in my opinion. Again, I don't know who, who it fell on in that situation, whether or not it was Tyrod's decision or the team's decision. If I'm the team, I, I don't really care what my player says. If there was some type of injury, I'm going to have to go in and do some more investigation and figure things out uh that is what the nfl players association is doing as we speak so we'll find out you know if there's of course i i don't know if they're gonna just uncover some foul play but if there were to be some i i'm figuring they'll they'll figure they'll find it out um as far as uh some weekly what i like to do when i preview week three i do like to go this is a new thing here I like to go over the players of the week uh, on both, or I'm going to start doing it in both conferences, trying to make it also uh, defensive or offensive too, so it's not, you know, just... Heavily offensive one week or heavily AFC I want to keep things certain, certainly balanced And then also I'm going to go uh, with my game of the week as well uh, My best game of week, uh, week 2 So let's get right into that um, For the AFC my player of the week is going to be Josh Allen quarterback of the Bills He would go 24-35 for 417 yards, he also threw for four touchdowns uh, at Miami. No interceptions. He also had a 146.7 uh, passer rating. Now, through two weeks of the season, season excuse me, he's leading the league uh, in passing yards with 727. He also has six touchdowns to no interceptions and a 122.8 pass rating, which is good enough for third in the league. So look out for him. I definitely think he's on the rise. I've definitely told you guys uh in the past and just recently I I really like watching how players develop and how they increase their 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 game. You know, they, they make it better, they improve on that. Josh Allen is definitely uh an embodiment of that improvement we'll just have to see how the season progresses up next for the nfc my player of the week there is gonna be linebacker micah kaiser uh he would have uh, 16 total tackles a forced fumble uh and a, and a sorry, 16 total tackles and a forced fumble in LA. In the LA Rams, 37 to 19 win at Philly, uh, they are currently as, as a, well as a tackler by himself. He is currently tied for second in total tackles with 17. And the Ram defense in total has just given up 36 points in two games. So, again, uh, they might not look super great offensively. But that defense, especially up front uh, with that defensive line, also seems to, be, seems to be the linebackers are playing still well, uh, still pretty good as well. Uh, Los Angeles is looking pretty good up there. Uh, my best game of the week, of course, this goes without saying, uh, the Raiders upsetting the Saints 34 to 24 on Monday night. This, I mean, this is a no-brainer out the park. Uh, because again, we have so much uh, that the Raiders have been through the last two seasons. Of course, with the move, with the negativity that came from that. Of course, with the drama with Antonio Brown. Uh, to have a two and and0 start on the year, uh, I'm not going to jump the gun or jump the shark, uh, preferably, and and say Super Bowl or something like that. Uh, but I definitely think Wild Card. I do think playoffs. Uh, I do think you know ten, um, possibly, possibly. Again, possibly eleven wins. Uh I definitely see between nine and ten. Again, I definitely see a wild card. Um this team has a lot of potential. Uh, they showcased that. I think they improved on the defensive f- defensive side mightily between the first game and the second game. Um it's almost night and day because you figure uh you know Drew Brees would have an even better offense uh than Carolina. But it looks like the Raiders were able to to check him a little bit, force him into some bad passes, pressure him as well. Um, again, they were without Michael Thomas, but again, uh, Drew Brees is a seasoned quarterback, uh, veteran quarterback on top of that, seasoned veteran quarterback. And his receivers, uh, despite not having uh, their, their main go-to guy, that receiving unit is is a cohesive unit and they are product. they can be productive so it was just a product of the raiders actually stepping up in a lot of different ways especially on the defensive side and in the secondary more importantly because that would have been our biggest achilles in that game that in my opinion that would have probably been the reason if we were to have lost that's where we would have probably been exploited at so i have to give the raiders a lot of credit um again there's a lot to take away from maybe drew breeze's uh performance uh, again you know you know He's I mean Alvin Kamara still had a decent game. Um, you know, I believe there were still some sacks given up on our on our on our side on our offense. So again, there's still things to work out. Uh it wasn't that we were world beaters or that, you know, um necessarily that Drew Brees is this old man or he's withered or whatever. But I do feel like this team is coming together. It's gonna take a while. I don't think I think we're enough, we're on a level enough to give the Chiefs a warrant for their money possibly even split the series but we'll have to wait and see uh definitely with the injuries to the broncos uh you know the situation is saying a lot am oh, sorry about to say san diego but with the chargers um the la chargers now um in their situation i mean there's there's a possibility that we can really turn some heads this year get a get a good amount of wins like i said and definitely you know put us in position for a bigger run in the future, that's what I like about wins like this, and I, you know, I know it's hard uh, for people to look at it. I mean, there's, and there's two different camps of people. I feel uh, when there's when there's a game like this for a team like the Raiders, there's a camp that you know will super, you know, the super fans, and I understand it. There's so much excitement, and there's going to be people that's going to say Super Bowl, Super Bowl, the Super Bowl that, and I do understand that that's a little bit unreasonable. Uh, but then you also have a group of fans that are saying that they're not necessarily Raider fans, but football fans that are saying, uh, well, it's just week two or it's just the Ra- whatever. You know, you can't put the win down. It doesn't need to be, you know, overstated either. This is a good win and the Raiders are still undefeated. Y'all got to deal with it. All right, y'all, I'm going to take a quick break. When I come back, I'll be going over some college football and then I'll wrap everything up with an MLB update. All right, y'all, I'll be right back. All right, y'all. I'm back. Let's get into it. We're gonna get over some. Co- We're gonna get into some college football. Let's start off with the top 25. Uh, coming in at the, uh, the top, the bottom spot this week is going to be Marshall. Uh, they are looking at a 2-0 record so far. Uh, they are also first in Conference USA right now. Their last game was a win, 17-7 uh, Sorry, 17-7 at Appalachian State. At the time, Appalachian State was ranked. They were number 23 uh, in the nation. Let's take a look at that game real quick. Uh, for Appalachian State, they were led by quarterback Zach Thomas on the offense. He would go 22-38. For 268 yards, he would throw a touchdown by the interception as well. Cameron Peoples will lead the way for Appalachian State on the ground, which is 57 yards. Wide receiver Thomas Hennigan would have five catches and 88 yards, and wide receiver Jalen Virgil would have a receiving touchdown. On defense, the Mountaineers got help from defensive back Ryan Huff. He would have five total tackles and an interception, and linebacker Trey Cobb would have 14 14 total tackles. For Marshall, quarterback Grant Marshall will lead the way. Uh, He only went 11 to 25. Uh, but he would—he would—we he would, he would throw a, a interception. But he had, would have 43 yards on the ground and a touchdown there. Running back Brandon Knox would have 138 yards on the ground and a touchdown. And tight end uh, tight end Xavier Gaines would have 68 receiving yards. On defense, the and Herd were helped out by Devontae Beckett. He would have 16 total tackles. Safety Derek Pitts would have nine total tackles and uh, nine total tackles. And uh, defensive back Stephen Gilmore. Yes, Stephen Stephen Uh, Gilmore's brother, would have uh, seven total tackles and an interception on top of that. Uh, So uh, Marshall, they get it done. They get a little upset, and it helps them out a lot because it gets them into the top 25. Moving on at number 21, uh, 24, actually, excuse me, we have Louisville here. They are one and one. Uh, They had a game against Miami last week. Uh, They actually took a very brutal loss, in my opinion. Uh, The final score to that one was... Let's see, 47 to 34. Again, Miami stays undefeated. Miami themselves uh, would actually move up in the rankings as well. We'll get to them in just a little bit. Uh, but in this one, uh, Miami, of course, was led by De'Aaron King, 18 to 33, 25 yards, three touchdowns from him. Running back Cameron Harris would have 30, 134 yards on the ground. Uh, running back Jalen Knighton would have a rushing touchdown and 75 receiving yards there. Also, a receiving touchdown. Uh, wide receiver Brevin Jordan, excuse me, would have seven. Ca- Catches 120 yards and a touchdown, and Titan Will Mallory would have a touchdown as well. So, again, touchdowns galore, touchdowns everywhere. Uh, Miami's offense was firing, firing on all cylinders last Saturday. As far as defense is concerned, uh, the leading tackler was sa- uh, safety, Bubba Bolden. He would have 11 total tackles. Linebacker Zach McLeod would have nine total tackles in the sack. As far as Louisville, uh, they got help offensively from Malik Cunningham. The quarterback would go 26-38. He would have 307 passing yards, three touchdowns, uh, but he would throw an interception as well. Running back JV and Hawkins would have 160, 164 rushing yards in a touchdown. And wide receiver Chatavius Atwell uh, would have eight total catches, 114 yards, and two touchdowns. And on defense, uh, the Cardinals got help from um – Avery, sorry, linebacker C.J. Avery. He'd have nine total tackles. Uh, moving on to the top twenty-five, we got number twenty-three, Kentucky. The thing, the one issue that I'm gonna have right now is the SEC teams. They played no football yet, but there's a bunch of them in the top twenty-five. Of course, we're gonna be we're gonna be talking about Alabama later on too. They're gonna be pretty high up there. No games just yet. Uh, and as far as the news is concerned, it looks like though the Big Twelve, the Big Ten, may eventually play some football too. They've pretty much taken all those teams. Off all of those teams off the top 25, yet we have the SEC still here. I think it's just all employed by the media to just reinforce our teams like Alabama and LSU into people's consciousness, the media's consciousness. They're not even, I mean, I'm not saying that they're not good or bad or anything like that, but I just think it's, you know, it's definitely media driven in a lot of cases, and this is the way they do that. They haven't played any games yet, yet there's a bunch of them in the top 25. How does that work? I see past the game here, whatever. Uh, number 22, we have Army here. They're undefeated. Pittsburgh uh, is, a- is actually 2-0 as well. Up next, we have at number 20, uh, Virginia Tech. They haven't played any Actually, they are 1-0. Let me take that back. Oh, no, no. They haven't played any games yet either. So, again, a bunch of teams haven't played anything just yet. I'm not too sure why they're here. Same thing with Memphis. Well, actually, same thing with Tennessee. They've played no games yet. Memphis is 1-0 at number 17. Uh, we also got BYU here at uh, 1-0. Uh, at number 19, i think. Got almost about Louisiana They did have a, a upset win a couple weeks ago So that's definitely why they're here right now OK State, uh, Oklahoma State They had a win last week against Tulsa Left much to be desired I don't know what they got going on this year They are missing out on their leading receiver I mean their leading rusher, rusher Chubba Hubbard this year So that will be interesting 16-7 was the final score last week Versus Tulsa Who is not even ranked right now So again they have a lot of questions on offense to go through That defense looks to be solid but Offensively, I don't know. Uh, we're going to get to number 14. We have Cincinnati. At number 13, we have UCF. At number 12, uh, we have Miami here, 2-0. We've talked about them a little bit. Uh, their key game is coming up next week. Uh, they're going to be playing against number one, Clemson. So, you know, look out for that one. That's going to pre- pretty much be the barometer of their season, if not, in my opinion. Uh, quarterback Eric King, of course, is the leader of his team. 469 passing yards, four touchdowns so far this year. You know, the quarterback rating of uh, 80, which is good enough for ninth in the nation right now. Uh, let's move on to number 11. We have North Carolina here. Uh, they haven't played any games yet. Same thing with Texas A&M. So a lot of teams that haven't even played games yet. And they're just kind of here. Uh, that's kind of frustrating. Actually, excuse me. North Carolina is one. No, though Let me take that back. Uh, the ACC has played games. It's just uh, the SEC that still hasn't played anything yet. I'll get to the Big Ten in just a second. They have decided to have a season playoff. So we'll get to that and the Pac-12 looks to be still undecided But something may happen at some point, starting in January, possibly for them. So uh, we'll get to that with news uh, when more news for that shows up. But for today, I do have some uh, big uh, big ten news to go over regarding that. Uh, Number eight, we have Auburn again; haven't played a game yet. We have at number seven Notre Dame; they are two and zero. Number six is LSU; haven't played a game yet. Number five, of course, we have Georgia here. Uh, Sorry, Florida here hasn't played a game. Four Georgia hasn't played. Three. Oklahoma 1-0. Nothing really to write home about. Their first game was against, I believe, Southeast Missouri or something like that, or Southern Missouri, like that. One of those sacrificial land type of victories. So, you know, I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not gonna give them a whole lot of props there for that one. Uh, but it's whatever. Uh, around at the top two, we have Alabama here again. They haven't played a game yet. I don't know what to make of these guys. At number one, we have Clemson. Clemson's currently 2-0. They've only allowed 13 points in the past two games. They are 11th in scoring. They score about 43 points a game. They're only averaging about 6.5. They're only giving up about 6.5 on defense. Uh, They are probably looking like the most complete team this year. I wouldn't be surprised if they went undefeated again, at least in the regular season. Um, They just seem to be firing firing on all cylinders. Of course, they have uh, Trevor Lawrence. She wouldn't be the first-round draft pick. uh, Heisman candidate as well. They also have Travis Atien, a former Heisman candidate, probably looking to be... Probably the best running back uh, so far this season. Dope Campbell Award winner, in my opinion. So a lot of positives for them defensively. Same thing again. Only 11, they're only giving up 6.5 points a game. They've only given up 11 points total. Again in two weeks. I know it's a small sample size. uh That's why I don't like to get too far in the rankings, especially early. uh But I I figured, especially because I had so many issues with the SEC and and why they're here and why they you know people decide to put them here. I I you know I want to talk a little bit about that as well. I just think it's you know first of all with what we have going on with the COVID and everything. I would have understood if we didn't even have rankings up until a certain point in the season, maybe week four, week five, where we actually got to see teams play. We got to figure out who exactly is going to play because, again, we have the Big Ten who decided they're going to play um, starting, I believe, um, give me one, October 24th. So, that would be, I believe, week eight within the NFL. Uh, I'm sorry, week eight in the college football season, week nine or something like that. But they plan on playing an eight-game schedule, conference schedule, of course. Uh, like I said, the SEC has already uh, – will, will, will start play this week, so they're going to get a chance to justify their rankings. Of course, the Big 12 and the ACC have already been playing. The Pac-12 has decided to stay out so far. Uh, but the conference championship game for the Big 10 should be held December 19th, and then there will be a final week of kind of matchups right before, I think, like the last week of October – Uh, last week of final second matchups just to kind of you know solidify conference you know standings and stuff like that uh but the first week matchups we're gonna have uh on the october 29th the day of uh that they said this is supposed to kick, kick off we're supposed to be having nebraska going to ohio state michigan gonna go michigan is gonna be going to minnesota penn state will be traveling to indiana so on and so forth so again eight game conference schedule so the Big Ten, who they've eliminated completely from the top 25, there's no teams there. Now they're going to have to slowly, surely uh, find a way to, you know, ease them back in there as time goes on. And that's why I kind of feel like they could have waited or they could have specifically just kind of re- refrained from AP top 25 polling in general this year and just get the playoffs. Okay, who's ever the top four teams, bam, that's the only thing that matters. Because in reality, it's only the top four, the top four teams that really get the, you know, the... Uh, again, the coverage. Anyways, the big time press. Anyways, again, the top 25 teams. They do get mentioned, of course. If you're in the top 25, usually you're you're gonna probably hit a get a ball game. Anyways, but in this year when that's looking to be very awkward. I don't think there's gonna be the, the the system of ball games this year. You know, like, like we're used to seeing like the Gator ball, the cotton ball, those extra playoff games. You're just gonna probably get your, the standard playoff uh, with the best four teams and you go from there. So again, it, I don't think the top 25 really matters at this point. I just think it's just for, I guess, prestige or whatever. And especially, you know, pushing the narrative of the SEC. That's why you have so many SEC teams in the top five that haven't played yet. And I just honestly think it's ridiculous Uh, moving on a couple more stories here from college football, Uh, Florida state. They just seem to just keep getting in this negativity. Just, it just seems to just follow them wherever they go. Uh, You know, it looks as though that coronavirus has stricken their head coach. He's currently been isolating. Uh, Now, um, Chris Thomason will take over on coaching duties until his return. Uh, now, Thomason has 24 years of coaching experience. So, again, they, I mean, they're, it's not like they're just, you know, being left in the hands of a nobody. He actually seems to know what he's doing. He will serve as the head coach of Abilene Christian at the in Tetris. Texas, and he will also serve as an offensive line coach for Texas Christian University for the past three seasons. Now, the ACC requires testing three times a week. Anyone for anyone who tests positive, um, and they also must isolate for at least ten days or more. So again, uh, we don't know. I don't know exactly what his timetable is. They'll be testing him frequently. Seems like so. As soon as he's given that okay, he'll probably be given some more time just to kind of rest and stay away from everybody, and then he'll be back ready to play. But again, it just goes to. Show you how this could affect anyone it may not be life-threatening it may not be this but it is I, I would imagine it's an inconvenience whenever you would get mad and there's some type of sickness that goes involved with it it's probably not gonna kill it like again does not kill everybody but again you don't want to take your chances and you want to be able to protect yourself and when something happens you want the best and most adequate health care to get you through it so uh, hopefully Norville pull, pulls through this hopefully he can get the reins uh, there at Florida State you know in control when he's healthy uh let's move on uh there is some more effects from this coronavirus we have some more b- games being canceled this week we got games uh with baylor and houston and also florida atlantic and georgia southern day have both been postponed due to players testing positive this will be the third canceled game this season for houston and they are open to play their first game this weekend against north texas uh this week's game uh versus well last week's game versus baylor uh was actually supposed to be uh actually uh, let me take that back. Their first game will be next week versus Texas uh, versus North Texas. Uh, now, this get, week's game that would have been they would have had against Baylor would have actually been on national TV. So that would have been, you know, ratings and sponsors, uh, a little bit more money for both the schools. So, again, because of coronavirus and, you know, the effects from that and not wanting to spread that, they kind of got to miss out on that. So just, again, it's out there. It's striking. And uh, it's something that we all got to deal with. Uh, but let's uh, move on into the MLB of course. Uh This is where we're going to be wrapping everything up Uh We're going to start off uh, with some news Uh and My biggest news of the day so far is that the Tampa Bay Rays have won the AL East for the first time in a decade Yes, you can write it down put it on paper and it just sucks because The running joke has always been they've never been able to fill up their crowds They've never been able to you know dr- draw you know, a big attendance. They, you know, there's been, you know, talk of them, you know, holding some of their games in Montreal. And it just so happens again, one of the best seasons is is a season where can't nobody go to a game period. So it don't even matter. So hopefully they drew a lot of TV viewership in the Tampa Bay area. That's what I'm hoping. Uh, But uh, anyway, they were able to beat the uh, New York Mets last night, eight to five. Again, this is their first Divisional championship in a decade and their third in their existence. Uh, they uh, have held on to first place in the division since last month, and they are looking to finish the season with the best record and the first seed in the American League. Uh, the game was tied up until the sixth inning when right fielder and uh, Randy. Ah, a. will hit a 2-1 homer. he would also blast another home run in the ninth inning for good measure. Second baseman Joey Wendell would hit his fourth home run of the year, and center fielder Manuel Margot will score two runs on his own as well. For the Rays, this was their, this was their ninth win in 13 games, and for the Mets, uh, this was their third straight losing seasons, despite them being so, um, what's the word here, profitable. We talked about them being sold last week for a you know, x billions of dollars. So again, it don't stop people from getting rich off them, which is strange. But let's move on to some of the other scores from last night. Uh, we are coming to the end of course of the MLB season, this shortened MLB season due to the virus. Uh, but let's get into the scores so from last night. Uh, we are e- we are finding out the equalizers, finding out who those conference champ, or those divisional champions are. So let's get into it in the American League. Uh, actually, some inner league matchup, uh, inner league matchup between the Angels and the Padres. The Angels get the best of San Diego in this one, five to two. Up next, we have an AL sorry, an AL Central matchup between the Indians and the White Sox. Uh, the Indians get the best of the White Sox in this one, three to two. Uh, however, uh, the White Sox remain two games in the two games up on the on the sorry. The White Sox remain two games up on the Indians in the AL Central. 34-22 is their current record. The Indians are 32 and 24. For the for the White Sox, uh, they got a one-run home run for Edwin Encarnacion, who went one for four yesterday. And first baseman Jose Abreu would have a sacrifice fly as well. Uh, for the Indians, first baseman Carlos Santana will get two hits. He would also drive in an RBI as well. Right fielder Jordan Luplow would have a one-run homer and uh, the. Sorry. designated hitter from Mil reyes would have a sacrifice fly as well uh for the for the indians pitcher shane bieber i don't know if he's related to justin i don't know very interesting names five innings from him i think he gets the win in that one uh he would also give up two hits but no on runs he would also have three walks and also three strikeouts as for the indians bullpen they will go the rest of the way only giving up two hits in one run all right let's move on uh we got the Phillies. Beaten down on the uh, sorry, beaten down on the Nationals, 12 to 3. That was an easy win there. We also got the uh, Rangers taking a L to the Diamondbacks, 3 to 7. We got the Blue Jays beating up on the Yankees, 14 to 1. The Mariners get it done against the Astros, 3 to 2. I love how they're all burning, burning, and they're you know they're mediocre, mediocre now. That's what you get for cheating, Houston. Now you get to be mediocre. See how it feels? How do you feel? Let's not dwell on that too much longer. The Reds get the best of the Brewers, six to one. The Cubs, uh, they come up short against the Pirates. I don't know how that happened. One to two is the final score here. The Braves get a win against the Marlins, nine to four, and solidify uh, that NL East championship. Thirty-four and twenty-two is their current record, and uh, the Marlins are now twenty-eight and twenty-eight after last night. Nine to four was the final score there for the Marlins. Uh, they got a one-run homer from first baseman. Jesus Aguiar they also got uh sorry they also got a two they also got two hits in an RBI uh, from Brian Anderson actually he had a, a one run homer as well right fielder Lewis uh, Brinson would have a one run homer and second baseman John birdie would have a sacrifice fly. In terms of pitching, it was a struggle for the Marlins. Sixto Sanchez would get the start, but he would only go for three innings, uh, giving up four hits and four runs. He also only had two strikeouts. He also gave up four walks as well. Uh, And the bullpen did not, you know, do so well either. Uh, It was headed by Josh Smith, who would get five innings. and Actually, he would give up five earned runs in just one inning. So again, struggles uh, for the Marlins in terms of their pitchers. Uh, Not a good day for them. Moving on to the Braves. They got help offensively from first baseman Freddie Freeman. He would go three or five in that game yesterday with a two-run home run. Also, three runs in total. Uh, second baseman, Ozzy Albias would go three or four with a solo home run. Shortstop, Nasby Swanson, would go two or four with a solo home run. He'd have three total RBIs. And also, third baseman, Adine Echevarria would have two total RBIs himself on two hits. In terms of pitching, Max Freed would hurt his ankle in the first inning and got pulled. But in terms of the bullpen, they stepped up for the team uh, with Luke Jackson going for four of those innings, giving him three hits but only two earned runs and five strikeouts and the rest of the bullpen uh, sticking up after him going the rest of the way only giving up one extra hit no strikeout uh, sorry no earned runs and also five strikeouts to match to match up with jackson's uh let's move on uh we have the orioles uh taking another l here to the red sox not surprising nine to one uh we have the twins uh beating the tigers and uh Actually, uh, moving to first place in the AL Central, 7-6 to six was the final score there. The Royals get it done against the Cardinals, 12-3. And finally, and of course, well, actually, second to last game of the night, uh, we have the A's uh, getting the best of the Dodgers here. Uh, sorry, 6-4 to four is the final score here. And uh, for the A's, uh, they were led by center fielder Ramon Laureano. He had a two-run homer and three total RBIs. Left fielder Robbie Grossman would have an RBI double. Pitcher Sean Manea got the start. He went for six innings, getting him earning himself the win, giving up six hits but only three earned runs and also four strikeouts. The bullpen would finish out the rest of the way uh, going for three innings and just giving up one extra earned run. For the Dodgers, they were led by... Um, they got a two-run homer from first baseman uh, Max Muncie. They also got a one-run homer from third baseman Edwin Rios and also center fielder Cody Bellinger. Let's move on to the standings. We're going to start off in the American League in the East Division, of course. Uh, we have at the top, we have the Rays, of course, winning that division outright. 37-28 to 28 is their final record there. Uh, we also have, uh, oh, excuse me. Yeah, 37 and 20 is their final record there. Uh, for the Yankees, uh, they finish at number two in the division. 32 uh, and 24 is their final record. Four and a half games back, uh, we had the Blue Jays here in the third place spot. 29 and 27, and rounding out the five here, we have Ori, the Orioles, at 23 and 23 and 33, and the Red Sox at 22 and 34. In the Central, we had the Twins on top. 35 and, th- and 22 is their current record. The Chicago White Sox are in second at t- uh, 34 and 22. At number three, we have the Indians at 32 and 24. And rounding out the five, we have the Royals at 23 and 20. 20- sorry, 23 and 33. And the Tigers at 22 and 32. In the AL West, the A's, yep, my A's, have clinched the division at 34 and 22. You already know what it is. It's playoff time. At number two, we have the Astros. Here, they finish at 500. Well, we have probably a few more games to go, but they're second in the division. They're currently at 28 and 28. Uh, we have the Angels here at 26 and 31. The Mariners are 25 and 31. And the Marin, I'm sorry, the Rangers here are in last place at 19 and 37. We're gonna move on to the National League. In the National East, of course, uh, the Braves have clinched up that uh, division at 34 and 22. The Marlins finish at 500. Well, they're currently have 500 at 528 and 28. The Phillies are 28 and 29. And at the bottom, we have the Mets and the Nationals. Uh, Nationals. The Mets are 25 and 31, and the Nationals are 23 and 33. Uh, in the Central, we have the Cubs here on top, thirty-two and twenty-four is their current record. The Cardinals here are twenty-seven and twenty-six. The Reds are twenty-nine and twenty-eight. The Pirates are tw- the Pirates are here at the bottom. here at seventeen and thirty-nine. And at the fourth place spot, I just missed them. But we have the Brewers here at twenty-seven and twenty-eight. In the West, we have the Dodgers here at thirty-nine and seventeen. They have also clinched the division. The Padres. Are 34 and 22. The Giants here are at the third place by 28 and 27. And the Rockies and the Diamondbacks bring out the bottom here. Uh, the Rockies are 24 and 31, uh, although they are currently beating the Giants now, if I'm not mistaken. And the Diamondbacks are 22 and 34. All right, y'all. I'm calling it a wrap for today. Uh, my next episode, at least on the podcast hype, uh, we're gonna be doing some, uh, some some Donald Trump talk. Yep. Spend a minute. I'll give myself a break, but I'm going to have to talk about all these uh, these new revelations from him. I don't want to give up. I don't want to make a peaceful transition. I'm not going to lose the election. I don't want to lose this election. We have a lot to talk about in terms of Mr. Sore Loser. I don't know what to make of all this. I've never heard this before. We're going to talk about it here. And, of course, don't forget about the verses that I'm working on uh, for the Godfather. Godfather and Mafia. I'm looking to be putting that out in a couple of days. Just bear with me. Still working on the final touches, getting my clips together. My images together, so work. Uh, just, just be patient for me, uh, with me. That'll be out soon on the YouTube channel, and I'm gonna go from there. Uh, of course, we had college football this week. We gotta go over, of course, uh, Thursday night football. course, uh, NBA conference finals. So I'm not going nowhere. It just takes some time. Just, just bear with me, just a little bit. And thank you for the people that do. All right, y'all. If I anybody hasn't told you yet, I love you. Peace out. One love. And y'all have a good rest of y'all day.